You're listening to the Big Show with George Russick. Hey, can you just? Well, just you just, you just I don't know where I felt like it. Get a little drink, right? Here, do you, bud? And Matty Rose. I'm already a bit of a sweaty dude. Yeah. On Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hour number two. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. The bottom of the hour of the franchise. Eric Francis covers the Flames on Sportsnet. Flames lose 6-5 last night to the Avs in Denver. Uh, the Cobra, Brent Cron, big show Flames analyst joining us at 8 o'clock. Hall of Famer Mike Vernon, Stanley Cup champion in studio at 8.30. That's our text topic today. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to try to get Mike Vernon to, to pick the winner. It's day number seven of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of Wild Rose Brewery. Mike Vernon is in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame of blanking. Feels like the match game. Mike Vernon is in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame for blanking. It's like to a T match game. That's... Yeah, for, but make it clever and funny. Yeah. And you'll probably win the tickets like or win. the well, not like, the tickets, but the on-air to, advent calendar. Trying to get sued here, I guess. Yeah, no. Uh, Mike Vernon is in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame for blanking. Mm. For blank. Whichever way you want to do it. 960-960, name and location. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Broadcast Hotline, Patrick about to announce the winner, too. After we talk to our pal Nick Kiprios, the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Kipper, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Uh, thanks for having me on before Mike Vernon. Nobody would stick around for me after listening to. Listen, Mike. listen. You both have your name on the cup, so I don't know why you're. <laughs> yeah, uh, his contribution probably was a little better. Okay, well, um, <laughs> could you imagine a guy like Mike Vernon playing in today's game? He's not the biggest dude. I'm about to meet him in about an hour, but like, it's it's uh, it's amazing how just the size of goaltenders has those... ballooned since you played in the league. Yeah, the uh, the. the... Vernon would definitely find a way to still be so good. I mean, that's that's where, yeah, the percentages will tell you that's what uh, teams want today is is bigger guys. But uh, that the level of competition uh, put Mike probably at uh, six seven six eight uh, to stop pucks. And then uh, we watch Wolf now, and you know, uh, it's it's kind of almost shocking to see a goalie that's that 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 short now or that small yeah and yet uh you see the fire in his belly as well so uh it uh, first on the top of the list uh the the level of compete and those guys have shown it uh nick nothing nothing to sneeze at you've scored 46 goals in your nhl career (laughs) were any on a hall of famer did you could you get one Uh, past verney you know what? Uh, the one that stands out is uh, in the Montreal form against Patrick Waugh. That's, that's that's the one that uh, will, will live uh, in a good memory for me. Toe drag top corner over the glove? Or did you toe, bounce it off somebody? Toe drag along the blue line. Oh. And uh, high glove. Oh. Yes. Look at you. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and don't try to search it. I've tried to search it. Uh, I think it was one of those rare Monday night games in the form. I, I don't know. Uh, I may have to go to the archives somewhere and find it. Do, do you want Do you want a little bit of advice? You want sure. a little tidbit? Yeah. So um, we were looking for the video of our man Brent Cron getting drafted by the Flames in 2000. 
Yes. And because of our overlords at Rogers, we own all the NHL rights and stuff. I bet you, Nick, if you got somebody on the case, if you just gave them the exact date of when that game happened, I bet you they can find that goal for you. I got to be honest. I don't don't want anybody to waste their time. Okay. (laughs) Hmm, That's what I thought. Yeah, That's what I figured. All right. It's just one of those hard ones to find, hey? Or or is it a case, Nick, where you're like, I just don't want anybody to see this. I'm just going to stick with my story. It's just so over. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, let's just, (laughs) we're, we're moving on. Okay. Right. Let's not live in the past. <laughs> How many guys have you played with? That's a great point. You should always mo- look forward and not live in the past. How many guys have you played with? It's it's like the old Springsteen song, Glory Days. How many guys just want to talk about their careers that you've met, that you know? Yeah, that's when you don't order the next round of drinks. <laughs> right? It's like, check, please. Check, please. <laughs> um, Nick, last night, uh, again, I talked about it before you jumped on, uh, Flames fans just wondering, you know, what would be the return for Chris Tanev? And I said last night was a window into what this blue line looks like without one of the best defensive defensemen on the team after suffering that hit uh, from Ross Colton. Uh, first of all, what did you think of the hit? Was it a little on the dirty side? Did Tanev turn at the wrong second? What did you think of the hit? Yeah, listen, um, I think we could watch the course of a 60-minute game and and find a dozen times when we're like saying, that's eh, a little dirty, it's a little bit over the top, or, you know, someone try to hurt somebody in this, in this instance. That's just the game, okay? We got to kind of live with the fact that it's a... It's a hard-hitting game at times, and it can certainly be a violent game at times. Do I think that, uh, you know, did I see anything suspendable? Did I see Colton uh, cross a huge line? No, I didn't. Uh, I saw uh, Chris going after a puck. I I saw him try to reverse uh, a play along the boards, and I saw a extremely hard hit, and uh, I just felt so bad the moment I saw it because uh, we do know a history is there and uh, we all know how every player on the team feels about Chris being the, the, the true leader on the hockey club. We do know the situation that the Flames are in. Uh, Craig Conroy on, I have an asset here and how long do I want to hold on to the asset and will I keep it for the whole year or are we a playoff team? Uh, do I owe that to my fans? Do I owe them uh, an asset moving him? All, all of that just came within a flash of watching him leave the ice. So, no, I didn't find it uh, overly uh, 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 vicious or suspendable. And, you know, that's that's just the game. Could you see, Nick, a, a situation where the league does make a little bit of a call on these type of plays just to crack down a little bit? Because um, as much as the Tanev one maybe wasn't the most egregious that we've seen even over the last few days, there there's still been guys that have been hurt with this play. The Evander Kane on Jonas Brodin, yes. Nick Cousins on Erica Branson. Like This, this has been a, a rough couple days for this type of play. There's yeah. been two injuries, and, and Erica Branson was pretty lucky to escape one, I would say. Uh, you're right. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a weird stretch just prior to Christmas where I, I don't know. I mean, usually 
these type of uh, incidents happen after the visa bill comes in after Christmas. So hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on, but to answer your question, guys, uh, no, there's nothing you can do without fundamentally changing uh, the rules or making uh, a certain no buffer zone uh, two feet off uh, the end boards. There's just, it's such a slippery slope on what, what you want to take out of the game. And for me, over the last 20 years, it's been sanitized beyond belief. There's some nights when you see when people even have to question, is there still uh, checking in the game? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think for them to go down any type of road where you try to curtail or, you know, regulate how much force you can go in uh, chasing a puck uh, in, in the offensive or defensive zones. Uh, uh, now you're messing with uh, the integrity of uh, a body checking. Mm -hmm. And this, this regime under Gar Gary Bettman, you know, Bill Daly, Coley Campbell, uh, you know, how George Peros wants to uh, look at his uh, uh, discipline. Uh, you're going to have to kind of get rid of everybody and, and bring somebody else in for anybody to consider uh, changing the rules. This, the way it's currently set up is probably as, uh, as sanitized as you'll get out of, out of this particular uh, head office in New York. And as someone like yourself who would have thrown, you know, aggressive on defensemen, this is what you want to do. You want to wear down opposite defensemen. What would you like to see more from maybe blue liners in this situation as they're trying to avoid these types of devastating hits, but at the same time, you can't give up on a puck. That's how you're going to find yourself stapled to the bench. Yeah, uh, no question about that. And uh, we had Adam Oates on the Real Kipper and Bourne show last week, and he said, without a doubt, the hardest thing in the game of hockey is for a defenseman to go back and, and get a puck uh off off a wall and you know make make an intelligent play or a safe play and not leave himself vulnerable and it is i i don't wish it upon my worst enemy to be honest with you i i don't know uh you know if if i would have been able to uh, do that constantly over my career without thinking you know i'm I want to turn around and I want to slug somebody or I want to crack them over the head with my stick because they're trying to hurt me. So uh, I, I feel for a lot of these guys, but I think what we've seen over the past five or 10 years, more so than any type, uh, any situation in my era is the, uh, the ability to kind of put yourself in a position where you are extremely vulnerable. And I don't know the answer to that for someone that's never really done it my whole life. Uh, but turning at the last second, putting your numbers uh, mm -hmm. right behind, it's such a fast game, guys. It's a split second. What looks easier uh, in the last row of the building or in slow motion is not what we've experienced uh, on the ice. There's just sometimes no time to hit the brakes and there's no time to uh, change your mind. It's that fast. Uh, but where your skates, you know, when you get hit, are your toes actually facing the boards? Are they on the side? Is there any way that you can get shoulder to shoulder? Uh, those are tough decisions 
split second decisions that guys will face five, six times a night. And you just know that if you if you take one split second and you're off just a little bit, you can get hurt. And unfortunately, uh, that was the case for for Chris last night. Nick Kiprios is the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. I uh, wanted to ask you about those red-hot Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they keep piling up the wins after, obviously, uh, the coaching change. But as I've kind of mentioned to our guests and uh, even talking amongst ourselves on the show, uh, it's a lot easier when Connor McDavid looks healthy and he snaps back into Connor McDavid and he's scoring two, three points a night. It's hilarious how he just masks a lot of those deficiencies on that team, doesn't he, Nick? Uh, he's he is he's just the best player in the world, and once he's going, uh, he's he's going. But uh, to to string seven games in a row uh, is more than just Connor on a human highlight reel here. And they just seem to be now a little bit more patient. Uh, they're not opening up. You don't want to exchange chances and say, hey, listen, we got Connor uh, and, and we'll, we'll take the puck last here uh, to win a game. Uh, they are sounder. Uh, they, they look a lot more structured. They are now getting better defensive contributions. Evan Bouchard was a nightmare uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and now he looks a lot calmer. Uh, I think Paul Coffey has had a ton to do with that, working with Evan, focusing in on what you're you're good at, what, what your strengths are, whereas for the first six weeks of the season, it was focusing on what uh, the, the, neg- the negativity so I think there's a, a ton uh, besides obviously having the best player in the world working for, for the Edmonton Oilers right now and uh, Skinner has calmed down. Uh, Picard uh, got his first win in two years. So there's some good synergies around the, the best player on the planet. How about the Maple Leafs get a, uh, a loss to the Islanders, but they do get a point, and John Tavares gets his thousandth point. What a... Um... What a, a, yeah. a scene there in New York is uh, the Islanders fans, obviously not big fans, John Tavares, but a huge milestone for him in uh, dangerous territory. Well, on Islander fans, it's been what, six years? Yeah. Like, come on. Hold give a it grudge, a, eh? Give, give, it a, give it a rest. I mean, what did this guy do? Uh, he, he became an unrestricted free agent and he exercised his option no different than a thousand athletes, you know, in, in the last, uh, what, 15, 20 years. So I, I don't really understand that, but Hey, let's, it's, they're right. You, you go spend a couple hundred dollars on a ticket, like boo, anybody you want. I, I mean, you have that right. But, uh, I, I thought it was just a, a wonderful moment for, for John Tavares and his dad and to be in that situation after 10 years there to get your 1000th point And, uh, in dramatic fashion and yeah the Leafs lost in overtime but uh uh this is a team that uh, is highly skilled and they find a way to get their regular season points and they're doing it again this year and you know 24 hours later back in New York City tonight so uh a a, a decent point for for a team still 
finding ways to uh, put together 60 complete minutes uh, in a regular season game. It's still a challenge for the Leafs. Uh, Nick, wanted to ask you about John Tavares. Obviously, uh, he still has that massive uh, contract. One more year after this season at $11 million against the cap. Uh, he'll be 35 when he hits unrestricted free agency. He's going to stay in Maple Leaf, right? It's just going to be on a super cheap deal, right? I would assume that if he can maintain, I think, a, a level of of close to a point a game, I, I don't know what the, the cutoff would be. Like, we'd have to see a, a, a dramatic uh, loss in ability to collect points. And, and right now, he's, he's still pretty much on a point a game pace. But... Uh, yeah, he's not looking at 11, and he's not looking at 9. He's not looking at 8. Uh, but if there could be somewhere uh, in, in a contract that can certainly be uh, fair for, for the Leafs and he wants to remain a Leaf or retire a Leaf, uh, there's probably room after after next year. But even next year is a challenge, guys. If you want to bring back uh, Willie Nylander, uh, and you still have John at eleven million. It's going to be tough. We know the cap's going up uh, four or five million dollars next year. Uh, uh, and and if Willie Nylander takes it all from his six point nine to ten and a half or eleven, uh, that still leaves you not a lot of room to to resign a, a few guys or getting uh, replacements for them in the likes of Max Domi or Ty, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi or, or shoring up a blue line. So there's, there's challenges. I think Klingberg's injury will help for sure, uh, with the 4.1 coming off the books of his, uh, season ending hip surgery, but it's between now and resigning John two years from now, there's going to be some tough, tough decisions for Brad tree living. One of them will be kind of filling that hole left by John Klingberg now because you do need another defenseman in there. Mark Giordano's got an injury as well. We know the Leafs and the Flames have been linked with Chris Tanev. Who might be other options for the Leafs as far as defensemen they could look to acquire to help this blue line? Well, I, I think if you look at the Leafs and their depleted blue line already with the likes of regulars like Lilligren, uh, Giordano out, um, uh, that they're they 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 could have easily uh, gone out there and done something. I think uh, just to, as a stopgap, but they they didn't do that. And I think it had more to do with what's not available. Bertuzzo gets picked up for a seventh round pick by the Islanders, but uh, the Leafs are not in a situation here where you can just kind of throw away draft picks for a stopgap kind of five, six, or seventh D. They've got to go and get a legitimate top four. And I I have a sneaking suspicion that that I think Brad Tree Living's waiting for the Calgary Flames to make some some big decisions here. And that's 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 the fish that Tree Living needs is a legit top four type of guys. So what's interesting now will be how much of a chicken and the egg theory do you have on holding on to guys like Chris Tan of here once hopefully it's not serious and he's back playing again because there is that element of any asset getting hurt to the point where 
could could you lose him for the rest of the season and then lose the ability to get a a second round pick and a prospect and uh how quickly do the flames want to move forward here in in, in making sure that uh they can secure something in the future for uh an asset that's uh depleting every day uh you get closer to uh the end of the season or the trade deadline so uh that's those are tough decisions moving forward i think for for any team but uh, especially calgary uh nick real quick before i let you go um the team more likely to make it to the playoffs the sabers or the senators uh yeah that's a good question uh i you know ottawa's won some games here so uh i think overall uh when you talk about game breakers i i like the ottawa senators i just don't know where corpusalo and uh uh uh, uh forsberg's going to be uh in, in net uh that to me is a uh, uh a challenge in itself uh, Corpusalo is never a huge fan, and to put him on a twenty million dollar long term deal to me was a huge gamble by Pierre Dorian. He's no longer there, uh, but if they get any type of consistent goaltending moving forward, uh, I give the edge to the Ottawa Senators. Nick Kiprios, he is the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network, and also went Roof Daddy on Hall of Famer Patrick Waugh. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> Kipper. Thanks for this. We'll do it Just again. Don't soon. look for it. Just don't look. Uh, well, well, thanks for this, pal. All right, guys. Have a great day. There he is, uh, Nick Kiprios in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. You got a winner for us for the AEW tickets, Patrick? Yeah, we do. I asked you who was Adam Copeland or one of of these four personas. What mm. one was not of Adam Copeland's? Uh, Conquistador Uno, Sexton Hardcastle, Adam Impact, or Terra Rising? And the winner is. John in Silverado. You're going to AEW. What was, what was the answer? Oh, Terrorizing. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Congratulations, John. Terrorizing uh, was actually one of Triple H's names in, oh. in WCW. Uh, congratulations. Uh, you're going to see AEW in July during Stampede. Yes, July 10th. Down at Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, we're giving away day seven of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of our friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Hall of Famer Mike uh, Vernon going to join us in studio at uh, 8.30 with the Cobra, our big show Flames analyst, coming up at the top of the hour. We're asking you... Mike Vernon's in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame for blank. Mike Vernon is in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame for blank. 960, 960, name and location. Uh, we kind of want Mike Vernon to pick the winner. So if you want to take part in our on-air advent calendar, send your texts in right now, 960, 960, name and location. The franchise next, Eric Francis on uh, the Calgary Flames. We'll do that next. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the top of the hour, Big Show Flames analyst Brent Crom, the Cobra, in studio. And then 830, Hockey Hall of Famer, multiple Stanley Cup champion, Mike Vernon, in studio. It's day seven of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of your friends at Wild Rose Brewery. We're asking you, Mike Vernon's in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame for blank. Mike Vernon's in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame for blank. 960-960, name and location. Fun, clever. Good tech. I want to shout out the textures this morning. They're doing great. Yeah. Great. Love our listeners. I want to uh, I want to play for Mike Vernon so he can pick which one. He's going to have some picking. Here yeah, I want to do that. Send him in, 960-960, and we'll open our on-air advent calendar 
at around, I don't know, 8.50-ish this morning. But right now, uh, the franchise covers the Flames for Sportsnet. Mr. Eric Francis on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. Good morning, sir. How are you? Blackjack. You should be in the Hall of Fame for Blackjack. Oh, me? Oh, mm. You're such a honey dripper. I was going to ask. I've watched it for hours on end. Yeah. And and I base that not just really on results, because we've had a mixed mm-hmm. bag. Yep. But I, I base it on banter. <laughs> Thank mm. you. You've got the lingo down. Yeah. <laughs> You're he loves it, doesn't he? That table. He loves it's, it's it. Beautiful. It's it's it melts my heart. Um, Eric, you've done a lot of cool things in your life. Uh, you're a father. You've been married. You've had these, you know, milestones in your life. Was the pinnacle playing blackjack with me and Joey Chestnut at Cowboys Casino? Yeah, you know, I, I'm not one of these guys who has a bucket list. Yeah. Um, but if I did, yeah, you know. Yeah. Probably 20, 30 years ago, I would have said, you know, Joey Chestnut and notable morning show host and good friend. That, yeah. That's what I would have said around a blackjack table. Yeah, I thought George wasn't going to throw in Joey Chestnut. I thought he was just going to ask about himself. Himself, yeah. yeah. And you know what? Before Joey came along this year and joined us for a good three or four hours of blackjack, yeah, um, I would have just said George, yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah, you're just too kind. Right on. Are you in a hot tub currently right yeah. now? Oh, yeah. No. Okay. I, I debated doing it and probably <laughs> maybe next week. You know, I'll keep that option open all year long, boys. Okay. If you don't mind. Tub um, hits? Yeah. Yeah. Tub hits. I think that's not a bad segment. Tub hits Paradise with Eric Bay Francis. Tub hits. Yeah. I'm, like sure, I'm yeah. sure we can find we a, sponsor a sponsor for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, from. you think Paradise Bay was sponsor? Yeah. Yeah. Just I, speaker phone it. from beside the bed. Yeah. yeah sure. Beside <laughs> do the tub. I, do, I, do I sound okay? Because this is the microphone at the side of the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Sounds, sounds great. great. Clear yeah, as day. Come on, turn the jets on. Let's hear it. No, no bubbles today, boys. Mm. Uh, it's unfortunate. Um, speaking of unfortunate, uh, Chris Tanev injury just 15 seconds into the game, and I talked about it before he jumped on franchise. Uh, this is what the Flames blue line is going to look like for everyone who wants to trade Chris Tanev. It ain't pretty at times, franchise. But boy, was it gritty. There's, there's your little yeah. ditty of the day. It okay, ain't, it ain't pretty, but it sure was gritty. It like, was. Those guys. Are like, it's almost like Tanev went out and they said, "Let's emulate that warrior and do what he would do." Mm-hmm. The the block shots last night, it was the theme. Thirty block shots in all, eighteen from the five defensemen. Guys just throwing themselves. Like it seemed like every single play, there was another guy kind of hobbling back to the bench. And I, I just thought, what a bonding, what a huge win this would be if they could pull this off in one of the most hostile arenas, an arena which they never win. They're doing it short of their best, not best defenseman, but certainly one of the most important defensemen. They're doing it with a, like a, a fearlessness that's really, really impressive. And then it all, of course, goes down the drain and they don't get a single point. Like that, that's one of the more crushing losses this team has had in years. I really believe that. If they'd even mm. got one point, what a moral victory that would have been. But to get none, uh, you know, you had five different goal scorers, you know, kind of your, your leading cast of guys who you're hoping that are going to score for you. The defensemen were just, I thought they were fantastic. I actually thought Vladar was en route to stealing the mm-hmm. game. The first and second period, I thought he was amazing. And the third period, you know, not so much, but, you know, he was hung out to dry on a, on a couple of those. It, it's what a memorable night uh, to watch that game, don't you think? I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure it's not just the players who will remember that for a long time. Yeah, a wild one, back and forth. Um, in the end, it's really those final nine minutes where just, to me, the superstars for the Avalanche turned it on, and 
There wasn't a whole lot the Flames could do but try and hold on and salvage a point, and, and in the end, they're unable to. Did you see any other kind of differences in the, the final 10 minutes of this game where the Avalanche were able to come from behind and steal it? No, like just those mental mistakes, right? Those defensive breakdowns, you know, I mean, allowing anyone to have a breakaway in the in the final five, 10 minutes of a game is is a really bad idea, and it shouldn't happen at the NHL level, especially when it's Nathan McKinnon. And, you know, they're on a roll. And it, it really did feel, when they scored that first goal, it sure felt like, oh, boy, Flames better buckle up because this might not end well. But you still couldn't actually believe they were going to squander this incredible effort. Um, I You know, the, but the breakdowns, uh, you know, it, when you have a team as talented as the Avalanche and they just keep coming at you in waves and waves and waves and, you know, it does feel like it's only a matter of time. Like, you can't believe that they went into the game with, I think they only had one win in their last five or six. You know, a team that talented, you feel like they should win every single night. And that's the inevitability that it felt like in the late in the third last night. It was just, uh, I think they, on the Flames bench, even felt, uh-oh, mm-hmm. we're, we're in trouble here. Yeah, well, even going to that final TV timeout, it, it just felt like, man, just try and hold on and get this thing to overtime. Yeah. And then moments <laughs> out of the break, Pucks in the back of the net, and yeah, just a, a kind of rough end to that one. I wanted to ask you about Connor Zary as well. He gets the bump to play with Lindholm in that game yesterday. Had the really nice goal with the multiple deflections there, but then a couple of unfortunate instances. A turnover ends up in the back of the net. Kale McCarr gives him a little bit of show of, hey, uh, welcome to the NHL, young man, on the, the second goal in the third there. What did you make of Connor Zary and, and kind of the way that he's progressed and slowly but surely moved up the lineup? Wow, he's he's... I was going to say he's the story of the year for the Calgary Flames. To this point, I think he is. I, I, you know, the fact that he played that game last night on the top line, that, that was big news yesterday. I don't think he looked out of place. He got a key goal. Uh, yeah, he got schooled on a couple of occasions, but that's going to happen with these youngsters. I mean, we've been seeing that all along this year. Soloviov continues to be an adventure, and I, I know people like him, and I think he's a real likable guy, and I, I do think he'll be great, but man, he's getting exposed for all kinds of rookie um, mistakes. And that's just the way it's going to be for this organization probably for the next year or two, if not longer. So Zary is not exempt from that. Uh, but all in all, I thought he had another good night last night. I mean, this guy is the poise. It's a, That's the one word that I think of whenever I talk about Connor Zary or think about him. It's just poise. He holds on to that puck, you know, a split second longer than any other rookie you'd think. Um, he, he just is, has the confidence, the swagger to, to, to make plays as opposed to most young guys who just want that puck off their stick. This guy loves having it on his stick. And uh, I, I thought that he, you know, he looked pretty good on that, on that top line. I, uh, I said before I jumped on that Connor Zary's the surprise, the flame season. Yeah. And uh, you said the story. Now, Matty Rose is saying, no, no, no. He said story, not surprise. Did not <laughs> give me any credit. They're different. Yeah. They're different, but I agree with both. I mean, nobody oh. saw this coming, yeah, guys. No. I know he's a first-round draft pick, and but he's been down in the minors there for a couple of years, and ever he, he's kind of it's always what's the next shiny object for for this organization, you know, in any organization, you know, if you don't make it the first year or two as a first rounder, people start to just think about the new guys who get drafted in the first round. All the focus was on Coronado in camp this year, and uh, and to a much lesser extent, Hanzek, uh, and and then Zari comes out and is this. Yeah, it's just such a great story, and he's such a good kid too. Um, I don't want to say it, it's an issue, but 
Pospisil's had uh, an up and down stretch here lately where he got called up and he was playing really well. And now because of salary cap issues and his contract, for him to get sent down, they have to put him through waivers and he won't clear somebody. Somebody will, I would imagine somebody picks him up here. Is, is, is this really an issue? You you don't really want to get tied up in these types of things. What have you thought of his play? And do you think potentially that this could be a problem for the Calgary Flames? I don't know if it could be a problem because I really think a guy like that could, if, if, if his play doesn't, you know, start to shape up, I think he's the kind of guy I still think you could play him down on the fourth line because I think he's got the speed and the size and the ability to hit guys that that I think lends itself to him playing anywhere in the lineup. Now, they're hoping he's a top six, top nine guy, uh, but he's been benched two of the last four games. That's uh, that's troubling. But, you know, this is kind of more the Martin possible, so I think that we should have expected I'm not saying he's not capable of playing at the level he was playing when he first was called up, but the points were a big bonus, right? Nobody was expecting him to come up here and post all these points and play on a, you know, solid uh, top nine role on Kadri's line with Zari. Uh, But he, you know, he's kind of settled into more being, he's probably a third line guy and he's, you know, I saw some flashes last night, like he's involved. That's the good news. Um, but offensively, he's not making much of an impact over the last 10 games. So is it a problem? Uh, it, it, it adds another layer to all this because when Pelche comes back, uh, you know, you're sure going to want to get him in the lineup, and that's one less spot for a guy like Pospisil. But you're right, you can't put him down on waivers. When he hit that 10-game threshold earlier this year, he, he was here for the rest of the year, uh, for better or worse. And I think ultimately, because this team's going to start looking more long-term, I think it'll be for the better. Now, that does beg, does that mean that Matt Coronado back to the AHL could be imminent just because he's one of the easier guys to send down? And and you look, and, and I, I know the fans are up in arms about certain players getting to play over Matt Coronado yesterday, but at the same time, I don't know if there's a spot for him that's glaring in the top six or, or top nine. Yeah, I was a little surprised that he he saw the press box last night. As yeah. a, you know, he just made his return from the AHL, but you got to remember, he was kind of a an not an emergency call up, but he was hastily called up for Saturday's afternoon game because there were like six guys in the dressing room who had the flu. Now a bunch of them were able to play, but a couple weren't, so that's why they had to call him up because of the flu. And then it made me think, geez, would they really send him down if those guys start getting healthier again? I. I guess it's a possibility. One thing that he has going against him is that he makes more than the league minimum. Not a whole lot more, but he makes more. And it, it is a significant, you know, it, it matters. Um, put it this way, you know, had they not traded Zadorov, you wouldn't have seen Coronado be called up on Saturday because they wouldn't have had the cap flexibility to do that. So they have a little wiggle room right now, but they want to save every dollar they can. So that might mean Coronado goes back down, which is unfortunate because I think a lot of people felt like he'd done his time. He was a good soldier down below, put up some great points and was, you know, probably their best player down there. And, and he deserved the recall. Man, if he gets sent down, that's a bit of a blow for him. One of the things that Craig Conroy mentioned after the Zadorov trade was that they had a guy in the AHL that they really did want to see and they wanted to see more of. Could you see a situation like that with the Flames where they say, hey, we want to see more of Matt Coronado. We got to make a spot on the roster here. Someone's got to go. Maybe a UFA. Well, 
ultimately a UFA or a three are going to go. There's mm. no question about it. And, and it'll, they'll do so and replace them with a Coronado for sure. And eventually, uh, you know, Jeremy Poirier will be here at some point, you know, after he uh, mends from his lengthy injury process. So, you know, there's a defenseman who's going to fill one of those two spots, I think, at least at least on a part-time basis. Offensively, yeah, Coronado would be, the, you know, probably the first guy they'd recall. But they, you know, this is the the whole season in a nutshell to me, which is the next four or five weeks, they're just spending just deciding what they're going to do. I think their minds are getting made up here. I think it's pretty obvious that you're going in a, a direction where you're not signing these UFAs or at least more than one of them. Uh, but I, I still think they owe it to the team. They owe it to themselves to see if this guy, this group can dig itself out and put itself in a better position. If they can, after, you know, by the all-star game, maybe there's a chance they have a change, a bit of a change of heart. But at this point, I think the way the team's treading, you know, right in that mushy middle, the way they've been for 30 years, uh, I think their minds are made up that it, it's time to go in a bit of a different direction. Imagine if the Avalanche had like a really strong second line center that you know, played first line center minutes on another team, could play on a top power play or a penalty kill. Like they look good, but maybe just missing one second line center. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know what you think about it. You know, I, when Kadri was struggling early in the year, I think, People were saying, okay, well, you can't trade Huberto. That contract's untradeable for the time being. But for the time trade? being? Yeah, because, and I say that, George, no, yeah. it's good that you threw that in because I, and I think a lot of people are thinking the same thing, but how many times in the history of the NHL have we seen a contract where we're like, that is absolutely untradeable. Yeah. That player is not even playing in the league anymore. And that, but, but there's always a way to package up, you know, so anybody we've seen it historically yeah, in like three it or might... four years from now though eric but that's not right. yeah i get it that's what yeah. i said that's what i said for now he's not tradable but in three or four years maybe you just decide to eat it and and you gotta eat half the salary and you gotta give up a draft pick whatever the case may be there's always a way it's painful but there's always oh, yeah. a way so anyway i i just think it's funny that you say that i wasn't thinking that i think kadri's been you know him and coleman have been their two best players all year long and you know, there is value in that contract right now. I know it's struggling. It's uh, it's frustrating for a lot of fans. But uh, do you guys not agree that Kadri's been really, really oh, yeah. good of late? And yeah. Those young guys. But but he I was also talking about Lindholm. I was implying Elias Lindholm. Oh, I'm sorry. I think Lindholm well, would be an excellent second-line center for the Avalanche, and it looks like they've got, you know, 3 and $3.25 million by the deadline, so I could see that as a match made in heaven. It was a really aloof question. It was very poorly worded on my I'm part. I'm sorry, because I was just thinking that ever since that they got rid of Kadri, they have not been able to fill that spot. You mm -hmm. know, they, you know, Alex Newhook, they were hoping would be that guy. He wasn't. They ended up trading him. Ryan Johansson. Yeah, they've got an aging veteran in there right now who can't keep up. Um, no. Hey, listen, we could go through the entire NHL roster, <laughs> and like all the rosters, and I, you could find a spot for Elias Lindholm on any team in the league, you know, and especially a bunch of contenders would love to have him as a depth piece. No question about it. So, yeah, will they be in the running? Sure, they'll be in the running. That's what the next month is going to be about. You know, I wonder, though, if, it, if a potential injury to a guy like Tanev, and we'll find out, I, I mean, I don't know if we'll find out, but... I would be absolutely stunned if he was in the lineup tonight. You know, it's a bit of a cautionary tale for the Flames. You know, yeah, you can wait for the next month to try and decide what you want to do with these guys, where they want to go, you know, just take take a whole month to take all these offers in. But there's always the risk of an injury with any one of them, and then you get absolutely nothing if they're hurt for any length of time. So, you know, and the way Tanev plays, 
you know, that's a very real possibility every time he hits the ice. So it maybe some, you know, what happened last night to, to Tanev prompts the flames to maybe do some of their business a little earlier than they had expected, because they guess get a little antsy wondering, geez, we can't risk losing all these potential assets due to an injury. Uh, franchise, it's the uh, daily, uh, well, not daily, but the occasional check-in on this question. Should Flames fans maybe be cautiously optimistic about Oliver Shillington? Oh, yeah, I think, I think it's fair that people are cautiously optimistic. I think everybody's understanding that this young man's going through hell right now or has gone through hell. I, I don't know what stage he's at right now in terms of recovering from from his personal issues, but, you know, the fact that he was back on the ice, what, three weeks ago, and I'm told he's with the team, you know, on an almost daily basis in terms of, you know, being down at the rink, training, and, and getting ready. So these are all good signs. These, these are all reasons for people to be optimistic, and I know people are optimistic because of what he brings on the ice, but... I think as human beings, we should all just be optimistic and hopeful that this guy can get his life back together to even give it a shot. So I, I'm i glad that no one in the media is kind of doing a running tally every day. Shillington was not on the ice. Shillington was on the ice. Shillington was not on the ice. You know, let's let this kid uh, kind of tackle this on his own timeline. Uh, you had mentioned Jacob Pelty. There's an expectation, an expectation that he'll be back, you know, in, in the new year at some point. Just, do you have any idea on some of the timelines for any of the other guys? Peltier, even Kevin Rooney is a guy who creates an interesting question as a guy who can play on the fourth line, but maybe more suited to the AHL. And and Jeremy Poye is another name I'd throw in there. Do you have any idea on timelines for these three guys? Yeah, it was about two weeks ago that they were still saying two months. Um, so it's it's a while. Like it's going to be end of January before I think there's even a chance that you're going to see any of those guys, you know, uh, 4A included. It's the same shoulder injury, basically, that uh, Pelche has, that Rooney has. So those guys are rehabbing together. They're probably doing the same exercises every day together. They're probably sick of each other, Um, you know, but but they're going to come back in a similar timeline, I would assume. And I do think that, you know, any time before the end of January would be a bit of a surprise. Do you have anything that's irking you before we let you go? Yeah. Yeah, but oh. I need your help on it. Yeah, okay. Need, All right. Hold on. Let's yeah. play the uh, little produced bed because that's what we do here. It's that time of the week. Time to find out what's irking Eric. Right now on the big show. What do you think of our new voiceover guy thing? It's not bad. Hmm. It's not okay. bad. It's, it's not a, great. It's, it's a little price is right-ish to me, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. What's irking good, you? Good effort. Those, I don't know what the name of them is because Lord knows I would never consider buying one. And and maybe this is divisive and I, this is a festive time of year. We shouldn't be divided. <laughs> but those Christmas light projectors. Okay. Mm, all right. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Yep. Yep. They got the little colorful dots splashing all over your house and people think that that counts. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it counts. Like I, you got to. <laughs> You got to get up there when it's minus 30 and hang those damn lights like everybody else. I, I think it's cheap enough. Yeah, either be committed or not. Yeah, put your life on the line. Right. Come on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Put a little risk into it and uh, a little elbow grease. And and I just think they're ugly, too, at the end of the year. Like, at the end of the day, I, I just think that those... Do you guys think that they're They also don't work festive? Very, they also don't work very good when it gets really cold. Hmm. Good. The, uh, the thing doesn't... Good. Uh, 
connect quite well, so it comes across the house very dim. Good. <laughs> yeah, I think people that use them are dim. I, I there don't, you go. I just don't. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that's harsh, and I'm, I'm being a little over the top. But but I, I don't like them. I don't think they're pretty. I don't think they're festive. I okay. think they're just chintzy. There you go. I, I love it. Uh, not even the ones that do, like, the stars or, like, you know, the other shapes, like the yeah. snowman trees and the Santas. And, yeah, you don't snowflakes, like that? no? All, uh, all hard no? I paid for the upgrade. I don't want the, I don't want it at all. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I think it's, I don't like it. When would you go out and put your put your lights up? Oh, dude, I'm not doing that. Yeah, okay, <laughs> good. Thought so. Right on. All right. Somebody, um, I, 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 thank God, I got someone far yeah. more qualified, smarter, sturdier on a ladder to do it. <laughs> okay. I can't do it. No. <laughs> Um, great stuff, franchise as usual. Uh, thanks for getting the text line mad about your projector take, but that's okay. I love it. That's I, why we have. I will be interested to see if I'm in the minority on that one. Do you think the majority of people like those? I don't or know. See, see, again, that's uh, my dad got them recently. My dad got them recently. He said, "You know what? I'm not doing this anymore." And he bought them and throws them out in front of the house. And I agree. They don't look. The, they don't have the same uh, Christmas cheer, Christmas hmm. element to them. I don't think. Thank you. You got I, one uh, texter that's not a fan of you, Eric. Oh, that's okay. Oh, I'm sure you have lots of textures that are not a fan of me. <laughs> this is not this is not breaking news, boys. You don't need Elliot Friedman to tell people that one. Yeah, you unleashed a can of worm here. Yeah, Worms I'm here. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours, franchise. Thanks for this, pal. Appreciate it, boy. Let's play some po- uh, blackjack soon. For sure. There he is, uh, the franchise. Eric Francis covers the flames for Sportsnet. Day seven of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of our good friends, at Wild Rose Brewery. Uh, Mike Vernon joining us in studio at 8.30. Yes. Mike Vernon's in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame for blank. Some of these are really good. Yeah, they're all right. They're Mike all right. Vernon's in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame for blank. 960, 960, name and location. Straight ahead is the Cobra. Has he slithered his way in? <laughs> Not yet. What What are you pointing oh, Never mind. What Sorry. do you want me to read? Well, I thought, did you, are you going to do some reads going into break? No. Well, I, I can do a read. No, yeah, yeah like, a couple of reads. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah, we got to start selling stuff here. Okay. Moving some prod, George. <laughs> Come on. All right. <laughs> and I love hearing you read. It's my favorite. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do this one first. Tis the season to give. So we're asking you to share in the spirit of giving with our friends at the Mustard Seed. Now more than ever is the time to support those experiencing poverty and homelessness in Calgary. New underwear, socks, jackets, boots, gloves, razors, toothbrushes, and deodorant are all desperately needed. Drop off items at select McManus Auto Group locations or the Sportsnet Studios. For a full list of addresses, head to sportsnet.ca slash 960. You nailed that. Thumb attack too heavy? You nailed that. No, I nailed it. That was smooth. <laughs> that was smooth. Uh, the Cobra next. Mike How do you Vernon. do it like that when we're live and when we're recording stuff off the air? It takes you like 100 you know, takes. You know what it is? You know what it is? I'll tell you. And thank you for bringing that up. I suck at recording stuff because I'm like a trapeze artist. Oh. I don't need a net. Oh, I like to go without the net. <laughs> That's Forget, dangerous. Yeah, you remember, you remember uh, what's his name? The guy who, who, who went across Niagara Falls on the tightrope. I don't know his name. Yeah, um, he had the he had the thing, you know, tethered. I go, nah, yeah. don't tether it. Yeah. I don't like to. I don't like to tether. I yeah, I like to go free. You know what I just learned? We what's have to that? do all of our ad reads live on the show. Yeah, no, no more recording like, them after the show. That was clean. Me. Yeah. I was good. excited I for you to write words. I was excited for you to trip over your words a little bit there because no. sometimes you do have. I only do that when we record. That's wow. I don't need a net. I like <laughs> it without the net. 
I need to do the six somersaults and then bang, grab yeah. onto your arms while you're swinging across the trapeze. That's how I do it. Never in peril. Never in danger. All right. Nailed uh, it. The Cobra's next. Mike Vernon. It's all straight ahead in the 8 o'clock hour. Big Show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan.